Welcome to Inner World Podcast uh, with your host, Mary Wynn. And today is still November. It is. <laughs> today is still November. Yes, uh, but this movie is not very Thanksgiving. Because the last film we did was uh, uh, House of Yes. House of Yes. Which had was all set on Thanksgiving, but never had any Thanksgiving shit We were blue-balled for the turkey. <laughs> But we will be further blue balls for the turkey <laughs> for this film because we are talking about Sweet November with our guest today, Quincy Sura Smith. Hello. Hello. <laughs> and I, I, I'm very sorry after watching this that I made, I was the one that suggested this film for us to do because it was November themed. It's, it's great because uh, I attended a trivia bowl last night uh-huh. for the Asian American Journalists Association and um, LA Times has sends enough of their members. They buy enough tables at this like fundraising event that they can get two tables. And they called their teams Keanu Reeves, oh. but because they had two tables, team one was action Keanu Reeves, and team two was rom com Keanu what? Reeves. Ooh. So when they announced their team, I was like, "Ooh, a lot of sweet November stands in here." <laughs> Spoiler alert: This movie stars Keanu Reeves. Yes, yeah. yes. Um... Spoiler alert for an eighteen-year-old movie. <laughs> Yes, it came out in 2001. Um, The director is Pat O'Connor, who's like an Irish director that does a lot of these types of dramas. I'm quoting the drama part because it's not really a drama. And near the end, yes. We'll we'll get into that. Uh, So the film stars Keanu Reeves and a very young Charlize Theron. Is uh, is this her first role or like? No, no, because five years earlier in one of my favorite films, a good film, That Thing You Do, uh, she plays uh, the girlfriend of um, of the main character. Oh, I remember like hearing a story about how she got discovered. Do you know about this? How like Charlize got discovered? She was in a bank and like somebody I, just looked at her and it was like you belong to be in front of people no <laughs> apparently she like was arguing with the bank teller and like she and then the cat a casting director saw her and then was like you should be in movies when you're good looking like any yeah. stupid thing you can do it's yeah. like you should be in movies like i don't think it's the thing they were doing i think it's that they're like have like a very visually uh, yeah like present yeah, like, like appearance oh my yeah. god you look like a supermodel and can talk well cool yeah be in a movie please <laughs> apparently that happened to um jason or uh boreanis the guy from uh david boreanis yeah david boreanis jason is his less <laughs> less popular cousin <laughs> he was on angel which is <laughs> angel <laughs> so david boreanis got discovered while walking his dog it's true. You look like a vampire. <laughs> Be on this show. And he's had like an extremely successful TV career after that. How do you feel about Bones? Well, you're walking your dog, so. <laughs> Very clear. Uh, so her first film was Children of the Corn 3, Urban Harvest. And what? then before that was Two Days in the Valley. Then That Thing You Do. And then a bunch of. Oh, she was in Devil's Advocate before oh, Sweet yes. November. That Which was... is a Keanu Reeves film, right, too? Or no? Oh, uh, yeah, actually. Because I remember that the two of them were Except together. if we were to play six degrees of each other, <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> they would have had a zero. Yes. So the budget for this film was $40 million. And it actually technically did well because of the international um, box office. But 
So we will only mention the domestic box office, or else it would not fit this uh, this podcast. Good, good. Um, so the domestic bo- uh, box office for it was twenty five million dollars. How much did it cost to make the movie? Forty million. Great. <laughs> um, I I I actually looked up because when I when after I watched the movie, I'm like. Why do I not remember this at all or anything? Yeah. Like, also, this is like post Matrix Keanu Reeves. Yeah. Like, like in theory, he went from being like a pretty big '90s star to like at the time one must have one of his like most iconic roles ever. Yeah, and I was like, how have I not heard of this? I went to go look it up. It placed fourth its opening weekend behind uh, behind a movie I did see, Recess Schools Out, the the feature length Recess the cartoon movie, the cartoon movie. Oh, I did, what? There was a box office release for that yeah it, it was it was great um uh i loved the series uh, uh me too i love that one and it took place like at the end of their that that fifth grade year they're going to become like six or like fifth graders or right. whatever Whoa. so so the movie's opening montage this is about it this is now about schools out um <laughs> the, the opening montage had like them crowning a new king because like right. the sixth graders uh, would leave and stuff and and it was because it was about the, i just their, got chills i just they got had their chills adventures during the said. summer anyway this Feature-length movie version of a uh, one Saturday morning ABC animation block back mm-hmm. when network TV still had children's programming. Yeah, um, did better than Sweet November. <laughs> well, I mean, a Keanu Reeves and Charlize Theron movie, <laughs> and pretty much I would argue their heyday too. Um, so let's get into our pitches for the film. And I'm going to pitch it and spoil the whole film for people who have not seen it. That they should have ended up together and her trying to get better. Like, that should have been the ending. Because after I watched this, I was like, damn it, I like this film. Oh, wow. Yeah. Like, this is crazy. Like, I usually end up hating shit. Because even the opening was terrible. Like, the whole, like, first act was awful nothing by the time the first act actually ended i was like why are we already a third into this movie yeah. it's still technically on act one yeah. <laughs> but uh what is your uh pitch quincy um the easy pitch to make this work a lot better is it should be she shouldn't he shouldn't be november uh-huh. he should be 2001 oh if the whole movie just took place over the course of a whole year mm-hmm. It would, cause, cause, all right. So, so much of the movie happens where like stuff just frenetically happens. This is the way like bad indie films mm-hmm. are written is that there's no actual, like nothing has consequences. Mm-hmm. Stuff just happens in an order. And it's hard to believe that like they randomly meet each other. It's like, it's not a meet cute. It's like a meet gross. No, yeah. It's a <laughs> terrible meeting of each other. And, and, and the whole first couple, like, yeah, they, within two or three days, they go from like, being a jerk to gaslighting to to like uh, stalking and all this stuff, and then like two days later, he's like in love with her and doesn't understand what like why she wants him along yeah. because he's like so in love with her, and they like do it a lot and like, <laughs> yeah. um, and I'm like, is this diegetically only two days into this whole yeah. thing? Like two days earlier, she like kidnapped you. Like what is happening? It is an insane like setting up of this world because I didn't buy any of it. But then I started buying their love a lot more. And that was the reason why I ended up liking this film. I would just steal a thing from a movie that some people do and don't like. But narrative arc-wise, it works better. A movie from seven years in the future. Yeah. Uh, 500 Days of Summer. Yes. Now, I don't even think it needs to flip back and forth in time. Like, you know, you can argue about like whether the characters are good or bad or whatever. Mm-hmm. And that, like, I think that's a separate thing. Structurally, 
giving it that much time lets you buy that these people have a lot of feelings for each other because yeah. over the course of like a year and a half, instead of over the course of the the movie like proposes mm-hmm. that this is a 30-day plot, but really most of the plot happens on days one through three. Yes. And that is ridiculous. <laughs> it is ridiculous. Um, So let's condense down your your pitch that it's like over a course of a year instead of a course of a month. Keanu Reeves and Charlize Theron in Sweet 2001. <laughs> <laughs> well, you can't call 2001 very sweet. To be, historically, uh, there's they didn't some know shit that, that happened. They didn't know that when they were making it. <laughs> <laughs> historically, we can't call 2001 a very sweet year. <laughs> they had to like, go back and edit like, the back half of the movie. <laughs> Like, uh, well, well this that- movie was actually Sweet September when it first came out, but they couldn't do that. You know, <laughs> also, it's a remake. It was, is it? It's a remake. Oh my god! There's a uh, yeah. There was a 1968 film called Sweet uh, November. Yeah, and it's basically the same plot. Oh, like they changed the names and the details and whatever, right? Oh yeah, to make it like a 2000 film instead of the 60s film. Okay, so let's get into the meats and potatoes of this movie. So we open on. Some sweet male pleasure moans. <laughs> and then mixed in with an alarm clock going off. And then a hand reaching over and doing that classic turning off the alarm clock. And um, and then it's revealed it's Keanu Reeves who had just finished having sex with his girlfriend and leaving to go shower. Doozing it scene one of Sweet November. <laughs> <laughs> He and then he the whole time he's like talking about how he's a top dog and talking about dogs. It was awful. I had he, this dog motif goes on for at least fifteen minutes into the film before they even come close to like alluding why he's obsessed with the dog things. Yeah, and then even before they reveal why he's obsessed with the dog things, they reveal he doesn't like dogs before they even reveal why he's talking about dogs all the time. Yeah, it's insane. It's like so weird. Like it's such a weird thing, dialogue thing, and then it's revealed that his his girlfriend is uh, who's played by um, uh, Lauren Graham, and her name is Angelica, I think. Um, she's like, oh, like uh, I can't believe you're going to, into work today. My parents are coming in today. I was like, what? You he can't take a day off from work, like for a parents' visit. Like it could have been like a dinner or something. It's it's also. Much like, yeah, like kind of poorly constructed indie movies or whatever, it tries to load so much like exposition without mm. actually giving me exposition. No. It like tries to make everything kind of like slice of lifey, except none of the writing lends itself to being like, this feels like a normal day. Like yeah. it feels like someone wrote this to be like, I had to drop info into this scene, but we're not just straight up saying like, you you promised two weeks earlier right. when yeah. my parents were visiting town, which they rarely do. That you would make time for me and my parents, which shows how much you don't care about us. Like, that's what they're trying to convey. But instead, it was just like, well, my parents are here. Well, I'm going to go to work. I'm a top dog. I'm like, <laughs> what? What is, what is happening? Not only that, but we already know he's shitty to her because the way he's having sex with her, too. Because, like, afterwards, she like he leaves and then it's like this still on her where she's, like, grossed out like of what just happened it was weird it was such a weird thing um so he goes and i also noted this that his apartment looks exactly like constantine's apartment do you see that same set and and he's dressed 
like Neo, except for the sunglasses. Yes. Not only that, so this is what I did notice is that this is a visual marker of the film. We're opening on this like scene where he's like in his apartment, he's like mm. shitty to his partner, yes. and like he's talking about dogs or whatever. And then he's getting into this suit with like a gray, a dark gray shirt with like a black blazer, yes. black suit situation. And he has like a flip phone, but that's 2001, so whatever, right? Also, this, the, the film color grading mm. is that blue-green color right, that yeah. they also use in The Matrix. Yeah. And I was like, is this still The Matrix? <laughs> is this a backdoor sequel to The Matrix? He never took the pill. That's why. <laughs> this is the, yeah, this is the blue pill version of The Matrix. You would make a choice, Neo. No, I'm good, dude. Charlie Theron actually played the girl in the red dress in The Matrix. That's what it, I'm just kidding. Oh, I'm sorry. Oh, God, I don't believe you. Oh my gosh. Um, so uh, his, we find out his name is Nelson, which is the worst name for a man. Like it's, I always think about just the Simpsons. It's whenever a funny name. Nelson Muntz. Yeah. Like, um, so his name is Nelson. He's like a genius at this ad game. He's like a madman. <laughs> whenever, he, when he gets to work, he's like, and then he starts like screaming blood red. Oh yeah, like because we don't. So so they're they're doing their like art pitch. Yeah. Or or like they're preparing their art pitch. We don't know a pitch for what yet. He yeah. just like more dogs, blood red, blood red. She should have more cleavage. And yeah. I was just like, what is what is happening here? And I at this point I understood that they were like probably at an ad firm or whatever, yeah. but I didn't understand like what his role was. Yeah. Um. He's uh, top dog, man. <laughs> That's it. Like this this finally gets revealed like eight scenes later or whatever is that he's basically shitty Don Draper yes. from the middle eras of Mad Men, except he his ideas are what my like parody satire sketch ideas of Mad Men pitches would yeah. be. Like where someone cause he presents it later where he's like, Imagine this. Hot dogs mean this. Your hot dogs mean this. It's it's like dangerous. It's sexy. Other foods are like boring. But like all the pictures he's showing are like these kind of like decently illustrated but kind of like vaguely lewd and extremely suggestive yeah. pictures and and they're all just like like uh and like an illustrated woman in low cut like low cut tops it, like eating a hot dog yeah, exactly. or like one is like she's eating a hot dog and the hot dog is clearly placed like juxtaposed next to like a dude's crotch yeah so I'm like, like you see the backside of some dudes in in like um board shorts basically and it's terrible it's like not even good drawings or anything. And it's and that's like the parody of what I would be like. What if someone thought they were Don Draper but crappy? Yeah. <laughs> and that's a pretty good like I, I I had to give you credit because that was a pretty good Keanu Reeves yeah, accent. It's, it's like it's getting really it's really good. Yeah. The trick with Keanu Reeves from this era is <laughs> you just do like the nineties <laughs> sketch version of Keanu Reeves. Yeah, like yeah. we all love Keanu Reeves now, but Keanu Reeves back then was like a joke. <laughs> he really was. It really was. But he's great and I love him. Keanu, we, I love we you. Love I you. We love you. Bill and Ted 3. Oh, um, so he he has to, Nelson has to stop his flow of like this pitch idea because he has to go renew his, uh, his driver's license at the DMV and it's like completely miserable there. Also, you have to, like, I don't know if this is like faked for movie plot purposes or if that, like, the rules are just different. 20 years ago or whatever, uh-huh. but he has to retake the written test or else- in, in, in a very, like, proctored way. When yeah. I took my driver's, like, written test when I was, like, 15 or whatever, they just handed me one sheet, pointing me to, like, a little wooden cubicle, right. and we're just, like... And I guess that was before smartphones, so they're just, like, just don't... Like, it's obvious that you can't be cheating as long yeah. as you don't have other stuff around. Yeah. This was, like, a proctored test where there's, like, 30 seats... <laughs> 
the, there's like a test proctor. Everyone's handed like individual sheets. Yeah, and their desks are like those the school desks where the chairs. No DMV has yeah. that much resources. Yeah, no way, no way. And during this testing process, he meets the pixie dream girl of two thousand one. Charlize Theron holding fucking grocery bags. (laughs) And like she's like tumbling through it. She's like juggling it. She's eating while she's taking the test. A Shin song is playing. (laughs) (laughs) Basically. Basically this would have been Natalie Portman if they just gave it like five more years. Yeah, Yeah. exactly. Uh, And that movie was called? Garden State. Garden State. (laughs) (laughs) So he like the whole time like she's eating and then she's like and I was thinking, bitch, you could have, you knew you had to take the test today. You could have dropped off your groceries like, beforehand. The idea of that is, uh, I gotta get some groceries. Fuck my DMV appointment. <laughs> I won't have to do it until like six months from now. And also, in my experience, again, the written test isn't like this big practice. Like, you just take it when you go. Like, you don't have to do it when everyone else does yeah. it. Uh, also, maybe this is also a 2001 cultural thing is that like someone going to the farmer's market now and bring their reusable bags to like get some fresh groceries because she has like fruit or whatever, uh-huh. right? And, like baked goods. Like, that's maybe not so weird now, but I think setting it in 2001 San Francisco, mm-hmm. like, that's still where like so many people are still buying their stuff just from like supermarkets right. and like yeah. and and very suburby life. At least maybe because that's what I lived like in two thousand one. I was still living in a suburb of Southern, Southern California, right? Mm-hmm. Like, and so this probably conveys even more of like, look how quirky she is. Yeah. She like she like probably bought this at a farmer's market. What are those? <laughs> <laughs> so at this point, um, uh, Keanu Reeves Nelson. Like, he he can't answer it. He was, like, getting, like, confused by it. And so he literally, not next to him, he calls across towards her. She's, like, kitty corner from him. He's, like, she's, like, forward and to the left. Yeah. <laughs> and, like, she he asks to cheat off of her. And then to that, the proctor goes, there's no cheating. And then he kicks her out, even though she wasn't the one that was cheating. Yo, been there, though. <laughs> been there. That, in 2001, the same thing happened to me in summer school. Really? Not cheating. Like, oh. someone turned around to, like, make a joke at me. I smiled at them, and then my teacher kicked me out for causing trouble. No! Um, uh, so, so, same year. Do you 2001. Wanna, you want to give that guy, that person a shout-out that uh, got you kicked out of uh, the class? I don't want to name Michael Toulouse. That's weird. <laughs> Why would I do that? At Michael Toulouse. <laughs> I don't know where he's. He's much more successful than me. I think. I think he went to like a good career. Um, <laughs> he went to a good career. <laughs> he didn't pursue comedy like the rest of us. Uh, um. <laughs> um. So outside, Nelson's like taking this call with Vince, and Vince is played by what's his name? He's like a huge '90s star. Greg uh, German, German. Yeah, he's like if you've seen if you you're a '90s kid, you've seen this guy. Oh yeah, yeah. Alan McBeal, the boss from Alan McBeal. Oh yeah, that's who he is. That's it. Yeah. Um. So he's like talking about the ad and stuff, and it's very clear that Vince is not the brains behind this operation. It's all Nelson. And then he's the accounts guy. He's the Pete. Yeah, he's the Pete Campbell Mm -hmm. to Nelson's Don Draper. Dial both of their competency way down. (laughs) (laughs) And douchebags way up. And and if you're dialing season three, Pete Campbell, this is also about Mad Men now. Um, Pete Campbell's douchiness way up. That's already real high. Yeah, yeah. But if instead of like classy early 60s prep kid he was like 
turn of the millennium D bag. Uh, <laughs> just snorting coke in the fucking boardroom and shit. <laughs> so outside, um, like Nelson reads something from like the the van, trying to pitch this. Like he was stealing somebody else's catchphrase, basically, to Vince, and he's Vince is like, "That's terrible," or whatever, and then. Um, so the manic pixie girl, Charlie Saron, and uh, we don't find out her name until a lot later, but I'm going to say it anyways. It's uh, Sarah without an H, which is a very odd, like I need to point that out because I have a sister named Sarah and she always like talks about the H and it's like how important it is to the name. I don't know. Um, uh, but yeah, so Sarah, she is sitting on his car. As she randomly knew it was his car. I mean, it was, it, was, it was the Benz. Yeah, it was like, a, it's like the only Benz car. In, in a San Francisco parking lot. Like this, a Benz in SF is a real different than like a Benz in like the west side of LA. Oh, you know okay. what I mean? Like, yeah. Not that SF people can't be rich, but also like a Benz is like a risky car to have on like a very hilly, yeah. tight, bumper to bumper parking situation of yeah. a city. Yeah. We don't really see him driving that often. It was just that one time, too. True fact Keanu Reeves can't drive. Really? Whoa. No, I'm just kidding. <laughs> God damn it. Adam. But the bus. <laughs> <laughs> he never <laughs> Sandy Bullock drove that bus. He didn't touch that wheel one time. So not only was he backseat driving as this cop, he was just like, I don't even like she's like he's like, go faster, change the gear. She's like, that's not how buses work. He's like, I don't know. <laughs> I'm gonna go to a boat next time. Actually he was on a boat he next was, time, right? He wasn't, <laughs> yeah, he wasn't on that one. Um, so, like, she won't budge off of his car, and she's, like, basically saying, like, it, it's your fault that I haven't gotten my, renewed my license. She ransomwareed his car. Yeah, basically. <laughs> <laughs> and, like, it wasn't until he gets in the car and starts it up, because, like, he offers to give him her money, which is, like, like smart, like, okay, like, Take the money. It's a month worth. Like, he was offering a month's worth of salary. That, that is a very Don Draper move. Yeah. And it's also, like, if they just took a little bit more time to give, like, because the thing is, all these actions kind of happen without explanations or good reactions. Mm -hmm. This is like when you see, like, bad movies or improv scenes where people say things and the other people don't actually react to yeah. them. Like, emotionally, they just go, that was a thing. And then she's like, no. Instead of being like, what? I don't want your money. She doesn't say that. She just she goes like, say she's that. just like, no. <laughs> like, yeah, she's like, no. She's still sitting on the chair. She's not like uh, getting up or like saying, getting all frantic about it. Or she's getting like perched pissed. on the hood. And then they have this little joke where he's like, she's, uh, he's like, are you sitting there uh, to get something from me uh, or like, or whatever? And no, so, so she's, she's asking him, like, do you really feel bad? Is this your guilt or do you just want me to not dent your hood? And he's like, <laughs> the hood mainly. Like, <laughs> It's quality writing. <laughs> so at home, Nelson's like running with all... He has like a million TVs too stacked on top of each other. It's like four by three. three. Nice. In 2000 to 2001. Oh, yeah. Two TVs. Maybe if you're a family, that's normal. Having a gajillion TVs. That's a flex. Yeah. <laughs> and like he's running on the... Uh, and he's thinking about these hot dogs. He gets off the hot dog. And it's like... 2001 music grungy music is like playing too because he's so hardcore <laughs> and then he takes the hot dog from the microwave licks it what the hell because <laughs> he's trying to get into the mind of this oh. hot dog <laughs> what would the hot dog think what are you hot dog <laughs> it was it was awful and then like he takes a bite 
Then he gets a call from his doorman saying that the manic pixie girl is downstairs. Also, he has like a video conference with the door person, like <laughs> yeah. with the like the doorman, and it's like what? Like I guess they're trying to convey it's like a fancy building. Yeah, like, he's like a rich person who has like some sort of fancy apartment mm-hmm. but then he's like the doorman's like uh someone's here to see you let me know like, and they try to play this all for comedy too even though it's like this is like now a scary stalker situation yeah. and the doorman's like ah this is kooky like and, yeah. and even when they go he confronts her outside he goes down to go confront her uh-huh. right and be like like fine i'll go down like what is your deal um and and the doorman like shows a, a sign saying like do you want me to call police and then they both see it and then he's like, he's like waves him off and he's like, it's fine. Yeah. But like both him and Charlize Theron see it's like, and I'm like, this is being played for kooky laughs, but this is like a scary situation. It is incredibly scary. And like Dorman's, the, their primary their job, job yeah. is being security basically for the building. So why didn't he like think I'm going to call the cops and then like the cops show up and have like that tension, you know? Also, and. I don't love playing the game of like what is the more rational thing to do because you can play that with a bunch of movies and like then no movies would ever work. Uh-huh. Um, but there is a thing of like let me video conference this person where Charlize Theron with Sarah can see him versus yeah. being like let me call to see if he's available and yeah. then you can just lie and be like oh he's not home right now you know yeah. and then she wouldn't know. She yeah, <laughs> exactly. She should. She could have been like it could have added to. Okay, so my pitch for the scene. Is that he's getting, he's finally like, oh, I gotta meet my girlfriend's parents and getting ready. And then so he has to try to, and like he leaves uh, thinking that she's gone. But she's downstairs still and he gets stuck with her. Yeah. Like, like if she never left in the first yeah, place, right? Yeah, exactly. It could have, that would have been added a little more to that storyline a little bit. Also, if we're going to play like the sort of like uh, uh, game of like how poorly women are written in this mm. it's like not only is the manic pixie dream girl like barely have a real personality um her like and literally later when he's like why are you doing this she's like i just want to help you like like yeah. he's like what's in it for you like why does something have to be in it for me i'm like oh my god the writer's just being like nope screw it i don't yeah. even care like she, she doesn't I don't need e- her own personality she doesn't need her own motivation yeah and not only that like i was expecting at some point to be like the the previous girlfriend you know, yeah. like to, to at least to like be like, she has to come get her stuff or confront him about being such a jerk or like sees that he's like dating this new person or assumes he's dating this new person so quickly already. Uh-huh. And like, nope, she just becomes a non-issue. Like, like <laughs> just disappears from yeah. the face of the story. It, exactly. It's like she, you're, you hit the nail on the head, if you will, that all these women have no personality. Like if she, even a movie that does not write women perfectly, but if she like knives chowed it, like yeah. from, <laughs> like if she came back and was like, who is this person? Why, like, why is he mistreating you? I'll show him yeah. for mistreating me. It would have been ridiculous, oh. but I might have enjoyed it more. Yeah, it would have been a little more spicy. Um, So downstairs, she like makes a whole scene and like basically blackmails him to drive her to a, Undisclosed location, and as I in always Oakland, yeah, in Oakland. Oh shit! In two thousand one, <laughs> like as I say in this podcast, never go with to, to a, a second, second location. location. <laughs> um, and I only say that nobody else. <laughs> also, like you know, like Oakland, whatever. Right? It the more unrealistic thing 
because I know a lot of Bay Area folks, is that no one who lives in the city would willingly cross that that, that Hell Bay no. Bridge. Hell and no. Have you, if he'd be like, fine, I'll give you a ride anywhere. Like, you go into what, Excelsior? And he, she's like, oh, he'd be like, no, get out. Yeah, <laughs> he could He had the power to kick her out yeah. Yeah. at and any point. We're and talking also, like a 45-minute drive. Yeah. <laughs> with traffic. And for, and for, Angel, not, for Angelinos, nothing. nothing. For Bay Area people, like, like, no, why would you ever do that? Also, he has to pay a toll on the way back. Yeah. <laughs> Right? Like, the Bay Bridge is only free going eastward. And going westward, he's got to pay a toll. Yeah. <laughs> it's free. It, it, it's 45 minutes just to get over the bridge. <laughs> not not through the city, by the way. And not only that, but it's, like, really late at night, too. And not to say that, like, it is... I, I'm pretty sure it's, No, like, 2001 Oakland. You don't want to be there at night. Yeah, yeah. Um, 2019 Oakland is full of tech housing. Yeah. And, yeah, yeah. and direct shuttles to Google and uh, Facebook. Yeah, yeah. Oh, jeez. <laughs> Um, so what we've come to find out afterwards when they get to Oakland, she, she puts on a disguise, a poorly done disguise at that. And she runs up and like Jimmy locks. And I was like, at that point, I was like, you should have gotten away, man. This is bad. Like you're in Oakland. This girl has a disguise on. Also at this point, like, I think at first he's like, maybe I'm giving her a ride home Uh because he doesn't know where she lives yet. Yeah. And and also like why would you come take the DMV in in SF or even in Oakland? But that's not the case because the case is that she is doing a heist. Yeah. Now the moment she's she's like keep the motor running and then puts a mask on, he should have been like, nope. Yeah. <laughs> and like turned around or something. What do you do, Keanu? What do you, you do? do. <laughs> you leave. You leave, Keanu. Reeves. That's so funny. So he like she comes back. With, like, this bag and, uh, well, the reason why um, he doesn't leave, I, I just remembered that, is because he, she takes his keys. She steals his keys and runs out of but, the car. But yet keep their motor running? Yeah, I don't think he does. Maybe she doesn't actually say that. Yeah. Oh, okay. That's right, the implication right. of, like, why he's there. Yeah. Right, right. And so she comes back out after the alarm goes off, and she has this bag, and it's, it's kind of rustling a little bit, and... We come to find out as he's driving back to the city that she stole two dogs from this uh, this lab. We don't know what it was. Like it could have been anything, but um, like she implied that they were going to do experiments on. Uh-huh. Like okay, subtle pitch detail. If she just said that they were like a irreputable breeder, like that they were breeding like kind of like puppies, you know, mm-hmm. like irresponsibly, I would have yeah. been like. That seems like a fine thing to like yeah. be not okay with, and also con- conceivably happen in because it wasn't like some lab building in an industrial area. No. Right. It was like an apartment building. It looked like a school. Yeah, like, and I would buy that someone might be doing like irreputable breeding of just like, oh, let's breed these cute puppies and not worry about their like health or whatever mm-hmm. in the long term. Yeah, it does change her character a little bit, like to make it like a heist of like a corporation as opposed to kind of just something she's doing for like. Like social justice, if she's stealing from an irreparable breeder, like yeah. one requires a lot less planning and more crazy, whereas one's like, well, okay, like it's almost endearing to do that as opposed yeah. to the other way. But she never does that again. Yeah, she- all so many things that that she does is to like signal that she's like a free spirit. Uh-huh. Oh, look at me, I'm eating groceries at the DMV <laughs> test, or like I'm stealing puppies. Yeah. Yeah. This is like what like a middle-aged man's idea of like what a quirky young lady would do, you know. Yeah. Um <laughs> she wears scarves. <laughs> so, they drive her back, he drives her back, and then she basically like coerces him to come upstairs, like basically saying threatening that she'll see him tomorrow and have him drive her around. 
this is also like one not not just like unrealistic, but also like this is the way like a dude writer thinks that they'll be like, this is normal. It should be like, just come up. All right, come up for one cup of thing and like 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 chocolate or whatever. Yeah, yeah. And like and if you and if you don't like you can just leave or whatever. But if you don't come up, I'll like stalk you forever. Like, whoa. What? It, it like escalated. <laughs> this to... went from like little red pennants to like a giant red flag, yeah. like way right mid-side. <laughs> <laughs> Dawn, <laughs> the coming of some shit. <laughs> um, so like he goes up. Her apartment's really nice. It's like it's weird because like you can come up to the front door, but you could still see into her. I don't know what the layout of her fucking apartment is. And then we find out it's like a it's like a it's like a top bottom duplex, uh, right? Because yeah. because we meet her neighbors later. Yeah. Um, and uh, you know. Look, 2001 San Francisco is definitely more affordable than 2019 San Francisco, but no one's homes were still that big. Like yeah. it was just affordable because like you could buy a small yeah. little apartment. Yeah. Also, we we kind of find out later that she might have been, like kept wealth from an earlier job, but it's not clear that like at this point that she has any real job other than no. fixing men apparently. Yeah. Uh, so she so- was the original hitch actually. <laughs> so she uh, she proposes to him that he like she wants to fix him but and the only way that can happen is if he stays there for the month and i was so weirded out by this and i and, thought it was just so strange and cold place fix you had yet to come out for <laughs> several more years like that would have been a great i know that like the people behind sweet november was like ah i could have gotten more millions if, it had, <laughs> if that song was playing right there um, That's why Gwyneth Paltrow never didn't do, turn down this role, actually. Yeah, really? <laughs> no! Oh, damn it! You should have learned by now, Mary. <laughs> I know. I'm too trusting of my fucking producer. <laughs> so, um, and so she offers for him to stay over for a month and, and then to help him. And then he storms off. I was like, yeah, you should have left. So long ago. The great thing that he storms and right before he's like, no, this is dumb. I'm going to leave. Like, he doesn't say it literally, but like basically. And then she's going to be like, this is what's going to happen. And then they do, this is the most artistic thing they kind of do. Wait, uh, that's not yet. Oh, is that not, not yet? Not yet. Okay. We're almost there though. Um, But we go to that pitch you described. Oh, that's right. Yeah. So he does that pitch that's like the sexy version of hot dogs. And I'm like, Hot dogs are already sexy. We don't need it to be sexed up anymore. Than like this, it is, does. this is Darius a bro being like, hot dogs aren't horny enough. <laughs> yeah, if anything, they need to be sexed down. <laughs> <laughs> They're already so phallic. <laughs> he should be like, we're just gonna slice hot dogs uh, laterally so they are no longer phallic, and you can present them as like other meat goods. Yeah. But he's like, no. What if hot dogs but dickier? <laughs> It basically Cock ends. Dogs. This is my favorite part. It ends with him screaming, "It's a hot dog! It's a hot dog!" and ripping off these like reveals to like these posters that he made up. Which is funny because I my favorite thing about the Don Draper pitch from the Mad Men, especially like those first couple seasons where you still think he's like a perfect genius, mm-hmm. is that he does like a very confident flip. Of like like you know like yeah. a, a card displaying art, it's just the white side, like mm-hmm. the blank side, and he'll flip it, and it'll be like, uh, and it'll show like the art, you uh-huh. know, or like when he does like the carousel speech from season one, oh, it's yes. like, it's not a wheel, it's a carousel, it lets us go back and forth through time the way a child sees it. And you're like, wow, and this one is just Keanu like pulling down these like black <laughs> velvet like coverings off of this like this like 
vaguely lewd art that's yeah. just like it's a dog it's a hot dog it's a dick it's a hot dog it's a dick <laughs> he doesn't like, say that but that's like the uh, undertone yeah. in the art I would describe it as like like a lewd uh, Norman Rockwell <laughs> basically it's yeah. basically like it's, that it's almost like how like maybe a uh, uh, a more like uh, raunchy Mad Magazine vibe, right? Yeah. Like, like what? Cranked. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that's, a, that's what that is. So he loses the account and gets fired. <laughs> and then it just so happens at night, that night, and Angelica finally leaves him. I was like, bitch, bitch where were It's funny because he comes back to his place and she's like packing up and then nothing is said and he goes, really? <laughs> like, like yeah. he's like surprised by this? <laughs> exactly. It was just like, Wait, so you blew her off and, like, basically couldn't remember her name, like, the whole time? Like, and just and, and ignored her parents and and you're surprised that she's leaving you? That's just so weird. She's going to move to Stars Hollow now. <laughs> <laughs> hey, this is the this, uh, spinoff of Gilmore Girls. Yeah. <laughs> she finally comes back to her daughter. <laughs> um, so, Whatever you... <laughs> So he's like alone in the sterile house and he gets a package of a puppy. Also, that's so irresponsible to deliver a puppy. Oh, because so the doorman has to, the dorm, it's like, it's the doorman has to carry the box to his door, not just like from the bottom level front door, but like to his actual apartment door. Mm-hmm. And the doorman is like, uh, you have a package and the package is like clearly moving and it has like air holes <laughs> in it. And, and he's like, just leave it. And he's like, no, sir, I don't think you want to leave it here. Like, I think you should take it. And, but, oh, because he cut his hand. He cut oh, his hand because yeah, yeah, he was, yeah. like, angry at, like, his girlfriend leaving and mm-hmm. breaking up with him. And he, like, I don't know, he, like, breaks glass or something, right? I think he like, broke one of his awards. Oh, yeah. Yes. He was looking at a bunch of these. I find it hard to believe he actually ever won <laughs> at awards. He's but, top dog. <laughs> but even if he did, we don't ever get to see his actual genes. Like, what would I would love to have seen, subtle pitch again, mm-hmm. is that... If we extend this out to a year, uh, and also give it more time, even though the movie's two hours, um, yes, is that like if we see that he used to be really good, like we mm-hmm. see these like artful, creative things from like maybe mid nineties pitches, mm-hmm. and then and then he's now reduced to being like what if hot dogs but hornier, right? Um, like, and you could be like, oh, like he was a genius, but he's like so full of himself that no one, like, he never takes no for an answer, yeah. Right? Yeah. and he thinks he's always a genius. He doesn't take feedback. He mm-hmm. just tells other people to be like. Like, more cleavage, blood red. Like, what? Like, so then you can see, like, oh, how has he gotten to this point? Because yeah. he used to be powerful. Or maybe, like, he's on this trajectory so far that it's it's left the realm of, like, being successful and begun the realm of, like, being, like, a narcissistic, egotistical yeah. jerk. Yeah. You're, like, a hack at a certain yeah. point. Yeah. Because we already know he is a hack anyways. We've already established that. But we never see how he got to this point. Like, we never see any of his old... uh uh, ads or like anything in his uh, it was like completely sterile in his uh, apartment so we don't know if he's really that creative or not and it gives him a real arc too like even mm-hmm. if you're not going to write the women well like you don't write any of the protagonist arcs well it would work well if he was like he want like this is really cliche but like he once upon a time did have a dream and he just wanted mm-hmm. to be successful and and not like his parents or whatever right like and he was successful but like he kept getting rewarded for doing bad things. So he just leaned into that more until he's just uncaring mm-hmm. and, and unempathetic and just irresponsible with other people. But he, un, until his own life blows up, right? Yeah. And also all that, that can be implied in the first 10 minutes so that we know what he needs fixing from. Because at yeah. this point, 
clearly he's like bad and flawed, but there doesn't seem to be like, well, why would you want to, like there's nothing to redeem too. Like yeah. you don't know that he could be good. Yeah. Yes. So after this, he ends up at Sarah's house with the dog and then she patches up his hand and then he tells her about his day and stuff. And it's it's fired. <laughs> yeah. And he like uh it's it happens to be the first of November as well. So during the conversation, she starts taking off his shirt very like seductively and stuff. And he's like, Why are you doing that? And she's like, Oh, you look like uncomfortable. <laughs> like, no, it was you smell like dog piss. Oh yeah. <laughs> yeah, so a dog had pissed on him and he didn't know. So No one that uptight narcissistic like isn't gonna be like what the fuck? Your dog pissed on me. Yeah. <laughs> I don't know. It's a PG-13. The heck? Your dog Your dog peed on me. <laughs> on me. So Nelson decides to stay just the, that night. And then... Stupid reason. And then there's a soft, weird music playing. And it sounded like, like guitar and whimsical and stuff. And they begin kissing. Is this and, where it's like Enya-y or like... No, not yet. There's okay. two times Enya plays in this movie. Can you believe that, Adam? I cannot. <laughs> <laughs> so they start kissing as she's like trying to put his shirt back on, his clean shirt. And I was like, the fuck? Like, this is weird. Like, what is happening? And then, because um, it's so out of left field because he's constantly like batting against her and there was like no sexuality between the two of them. Yeah, there's like negative chemistry in this movie which is ridiculous because like they're both very good looking people. And so maybe diegetically I I believe that like these two people were like fighting but they're so hot as people Mm -hmm. that they're like and and maybe she's into him that's why she's bugging him Uh and I could almost buy that like just on the pure force of their relative like physical attractiveness alone that he's like she's like giving me all these, like, weird physical signals, like, taking off my shirt and, like, inviting me into her home a lot that, like, suddenly the tension breaks. Uh-huh. But up until this point, it's, like, it doesn't, it's not, like, it's not, like, um that, like, sexy angry. Yeah. It's not that sexy, like, weird where it's, like, yeah. oh, we're arguing, but I want to kiss you. The whole time, he's just, like, stop messing with my life. Yeah. <laughs> he's so combative towards her. And he never, like, like, takes a moment to check her out or, like, like comment, like, that signal that she is attractive to him. Um, but it could have been just like a Keanu Reeves thing where he's very like a, like a very respectful towards women. He <laughs> he's is. trying he not is. to. If you see it in like real life, he does like the hover when yeah. he like takes pictures with, with girls and stuff. Keanu Reeves doing the hover hand is one of my favorite things because you usually make fun of like nerd yeah. fan people for doing hover hands at like celebrities. But right. like on one hand, like I that it's it, cool. It, it looks awkward, but it's like better than like touching them without yeah. their permission. Absolutely. Yeah. It's it's funny in reverse because one, that means he not that he should touch people without permission, but more people will probably give him permission. But right. he's like, if I didn't ask, it's just better to be like yeah. awkward hand yeah. three inches away from their shoulder, <laughs> uh, even though I'm Keanu Reeves. Yeah. I love Keanu Reeves, but I would not like to be touched by him. It'd be like weird. Sure. And yeah. and he makes the same gamble. Yeah. Where he's like, she might love me, but Maybe she doesn't want to be touched by me. <laughs> That's a line from Bill and Ted. <laughs> what you just said. Um. So after, like, they're trying to get, he's trying to move the sex along, but she is slow. No, she's like, no, 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 no. Let's take it slow. And then he gets mad. And he, oh, yeah, he gets mad. And he's like, fuck it. He starts putting his clothes back on. Right. He just starts to leave. Yeah. And he leaves and it's raining and he goes out into the rain. It's like oh. pouring down. Also, it's not nearly foggy enough to be San Francisco. Yeah. Like True. it's night in San Francisco. Yeah. It should be all fog. It should have zero visibility. Yeah. And then she like, 
he goes, why are you messing with me, basically? And then she goes, um, I just want to help you. Help me what? By, like, telling me how to act in the sack? Like, yeah. he says that line. <laughs> exactly. But she finally convinces him. And then he they go back upstairs. And he decides to stay and become his her November after a fuck session. <laughs> like a, like a love making session is this where we finally do that like that montage N- no because he doesn't l- he doesn't leave until like oh i can't remember exactly this I- is I how know well i remember the he- narrative arc of this movie. <laughs> yeah so he he's awakened by a cat licking him but we never see this cat again i was like where the hell did this before cat go? or again yeah now i like to believe that diegetically she just leaves windows open and doors open uh-huh. the cat can just come in from the neighborhood yes Come and lick his feet, yeah. wake him up, and then just peace out to find food. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> so this was a feral cat, is what you're saying? <laughs> yes. Not 100% feral. Like, you know how some neighborhood cats have, like, cats that have multiple homes? Mary, yeah. Mary has one. I uh, have a multiple home cat that lives out on my porch, and I need to get her fixed because she just had her second litter. <laughs> oh, my gosh. It's too much. Yeah, Interworld Pod, hit us up if you guys are looking for a kitten. <laughs> <laughs> um, so, like... On the phone, like he, the next morning, he's awakened. He's like alone, so he grabs his phone. He calls his best friend Vince, and like Vince is so disgusting. He's like flirting with the barista, and like it's very clear that she's very uncomfortable by this because he probably does it all the he's time. Like, he's like, I'll have it with a uh, like an extra shot of chocolate or something. Yeah. He's like, chocolate's an aphrodisiac, by the way. <laughs> yeah, I was like, way to make wedge things in, just like that hot dog ad, man. Um, so. Like, uh, Nelson asked Vince to set up a meeting with Edgar Price, who we, at this point, don't know who the hell this is. He just, like, wedges in this detail that he's actually a, like, a big-time, like, ad guy. And, like, his, their hero, basically. The, the more I, like, got into this aspect of, like, this setting, I was like, I want to write, like, the worst crossover fan fiction where Sterling Cooper Draper Price uh-huh. or like Sterling Cooper or like whatever the Mad Men ad companies are continue into the 80s and 90s right. and early 2000s and then like are competing with this brand <laughs> and I want to see like like I don't know like super old Pete Campbell interview Keanu Reeves character to be like why should you come to work for our thing <laughs> he's like hot dogs but horny <laughs> <laughs> that's amazing Sterling's like I like it <laughs> still alive somehow <laughs> So, um, Sarah comes back with the grocery, or, like, a bag, and at this whole time, um, Nelson is, like, trying to look for his clothes, and it turns out she gave away his clothes. He, like, wears, like, random shorts he finds, Yeah, and, um, and she gives him, like, clothes from her neighbors, and... It's like a sweat, it's like a red pullover hoodie, and, like... It was very, very, like, non-hit, not him. But maybe Keanu Reeves. What's funny is that, like, so he wears these and she buys him other clothes later where he's, like, wearing, like, kind of, like, an open button-up shirt and, like, or, like, a a horizontal striped T-shirt. And I'm, like, not only is this very, like, early 2000s fashion, this this looks, like, very comfortable on Keanu as, like, what I know of him, like, uh, in his, like, early to mid-90s vibe where he's just kind of like chill teenage dude. Skateboarder dude. Yeah, Yeah. like... Um, it's not to it's not to Nelson who's like wear suits. Yeah, but I was like, no, nah, like Keanu looks like fine in these. <laughs> <laughs> He's not uncomfortable in it, clearly. Um, so he meets like his uh, her neighbor from downstairs, who's uh, Chaz, and played by uh, who's it played That's, by? That's uh, Chris Isaacs. 
Jason, right? Jason Isaacs. J- Jason Isaacs. Chris sorry. Isaacs uh, uh, is, is canceled, is, is, I think, right? Uh, Chris Isaac is a musician. Oh, uh, oh okay. He, he's saying like... Uh, um, he sounds like Roy Orbison. He's saying like uh, he's saying like uh, the the theme to Eyes Wide Shut. That uh, I did a bad bad thing. Oh uh, right right right. He got um, married to uh, Julia Roberts, I believe. Maybe I, I, I don't know I, that I, old time. Chris Isaac was also in that thing you do. Um, oh, he had a little cameo. Um, uh, also, Jason Isaac uh, plays Captain Lorca on Star Trek Discovery. Whoa! Uh, Whoa! On, in their season one. A, mo- a show that not a lot of people have seen because it's on CBS All Access. <laughs> yeah, Sorry if you're sponsored CBS, by them or something. Guys. <laughs> yeah. Um, so Chaz and um and uh and Sarah do this like kind of like they seem like a couple, like tricking the audience and um and Nelson into thinking that they're in this open relationship, basically. And then, also he's like Scottish. Yeah. Um he's an older Scottish man. Um and Nelson just storms out. He's, like, going through the neighborhood. He meets, like, uh, as he's, like, doing that, she's trying to introduce him to, like, all the locals and stuff. And then he ends up, ends their conversation by accusing her of just wanting to get laid. And then she gets really, like, upset by this. And I was like, it's kind of true, especially after watching the film. I was like, no, it's basically you trying to get laid before you pass away. Spoiler alert. Yes. Um, And then he... For some reason, he just, like, feels bad and apologizes to her. And, like, as a peace offering, he gives her the, his day that day. Um, He's like, yeah, I won't do a whole month, but I'll do one day. Yeah. Like, let's do one day. Which and, is still, like, this weird giving in thing where it's yeah. like, I don't I don't know how, like, giving you... You accused her, basically, of just, like, just using you for sex, which she was apparently upset by. It. But I don't know how giving her an extra day makes her feel better at yeah. this point. Yeah. Um, so they walk, so they cut to her, them walking five giant poodles, all exactly the same, to a beach, and they're, like, frolicking, and she's, like, being very manic pixie, she's, like, rolling around in the dirt with them. And she's, like, letting them off their leash, and she's like, it's fine, and part of me is like, it's not fine. I know. Maybe you have one dog. If you have, like, one dog, you know how that dog is, it's fine. Five dogs? Yes. That's a lot to wrangle. And not only that, but it's not even your dogs. She, right. She whispers, don't tell your mom. I was like, and also there's a lady that owns five poodles. Also, he asked her like, oh, is this like your job or something? Because he doesn't know what she does yet, right? Yeah. Like they, it, it does allude that she does stuff with pets. But like, um, and she's like, no, I just do this because I like helping people. And it's like, wait, are you walking these dogs for free? And still letting, <laughs> like, what is happening? Yeah, like... She, okay, we got to move on. Um, Also, San Francisco isn't known for their beaches. I just want to say that, too. That's not something people go do. Yeah, no. In November. No. (laughs) Um, Later, they walk through, like, a park, and they're eating ice cream, and they talk about how she used to own her business. And this is where we kind of get a little bit of her backstory. And I was like, why not give her an actual backstory so that we're not left in this weird ominous dark you know um and then at home they play hide and seek with a blindfold on nelson it's not even that much of a hide and seek because she's like making noise yeah and it, and the only reason so so he and she's like you have to like you know feel where i am and like really listen or whatever right? and he's like i can find you and he starts counting he counts really fast she like is giggling into her bedroom and what's funny is that like it's not that it's like she's hidden it's that he's blindfolded, walks like three steps, starts to trip on something, 
doesn't trip on it, walks a little bit more, trips on something else entirely, and, like, eats it. <laughs> yeah, like, it's so weird. He's literally going straight. Like, she literally goes straight into her bedroom, which is, like, an open floor plan. And, like, he's literally, like, all this shit. Where did it come from? It would have been so much funnier if she started pulling shit in front of him and stuff. Or, again, this is called uh, narrative continuity. Uh-huh. If the cat from earlier yes. made a return just to trip him, because that cat and his feet already have a relationship. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> That's what it's called. Chekhov's feline. Yes. Um, so later that night, they have a dinner, and um, she talks about her October man, because, of course, she's had like other men in her home. and um, Who she's who- fixing on a monthly basis. <laughs> It's a pretty good turnaround, actually. Yeah. she Apparently, she had already fixed him because he was, like, super shy. And then, like, it was to the... he She fixed him early on so she could kick him out before, like, November. And then, apparently, there was no September, and that was it. So, I was like, was there only two guys this whole time? She only decided recently. (laughs) (laughs) Exactly. Well, didn't they imply that her, her neighbor was one of them? I... Maybe. They imply that Chaz was a previous month. Oh. But that, like, they were so cool with it that they, like, hung around. Oh. Very interesting. Mind you, at this point, we're, like, less than an hour into the movie. Yes. We're, like, less than halfway. Yeah. Um, Later that night, like, uh, Nelson... Oh, well, th- this is where you were talking about, where he, like, leaves her. He's like, I gave you the day, but I'm not doing the whole month. And she's like, well, here's what's going to happen. Yeah. You're going to go home. You're going to watch TV. And this is, again, the most artsy thing that they do is that they cut to him doing the things. Mm-hmm. He's like, you're going to go home. You're going to watch TV. You're going to be bored. Then you're going to turn on the laptop. Then you're going to be bored still. And you're going to, like, you're going to, like, try to think about me. And you're not going to be able to think about not me. And you're going to think about me. And you're going to just come right back. Uh-huh. Um, here, I, I do want to seg here to the fact that 2000, like, Web 1.0 in 2001 is a wild time. <laughs> this movie has a lot of like, because so, so, oh, so, so part of the thing is like they imply that she had like this pet business before, right? She named it. It's like pet something. Uh-huh. And he he, I was gonna say he googles it. He search engines uh-huh. it. Ask Jeeves it. Yeah. Well, what's funny is that he so he looks it up, right? And and there's this like website, and it shows her, and it, maybe her and her sister owned mm-hmm. it, and it's like a big company or whatever. So he's finding a lot about her, but it also shows that he's like, this is like the most thing that actually feels like this is the correct pacing, where uh-huh. it's just it, she's saying stuff and he's looking stuff up. Um, but uh, earlier in that parking lot scene, mm-hmm. the big ad on the wall in the background. It's a big Match.com ad. Is it? It's an ad for Match.com because at this point, Match.com was a brand new company mm-hmm. there to compete with eHarmony. So there's a Match.com ad. He's he's watching as he's watching TV. One of the ads that he's like trying to study is a Lycos ad. Lycos is a search engine from that like like all right. So you have like right. Yahoo, Yahoo, and Alta Vista are uh-huh. like top tier at this point. Google is brand new, so like it will become top dog. But like right. at this point, we don't know that's any better or worse yet. Mm-hmm. Um, and there's like things like Ask Jeeves and and you know all these things. And Lycos was in that kind of like second tier of of like along with like Ask Jeeves and stuff. But they had like a full on ad. I'm like, oh my god, pre tech crash, mm-hmm. like web ads. Because basically her pet thing is like it's like the equivalent of like Pets.com yeah. or whatever, right? Like she's basically just doing that. So I just can't. Couldn't help but notice. I'm like, this is like early like internet culture is yeah. already, especially as SF, right? Yeah. That that kind of does track. Yeah, but it's also like, 
I mean, Match.com not only still exists, it owns every dating app. Like Match.com, Does it? Oh, Match.com owns Tinder, Matt, uh, or Match Company, right? Owns Tinder, it owns OkCupid, it owns like all of them. Yeah. What the hell? All your dating services are owned by the same monopolistic company. <laughs> Okay, so the after that the montage, he decides to come back to her because he, she was right. She he couldn't stop thinking about her, and I was like, of what? Of her frolicking, her him, her throwing him herself at him. She just let all those poodles go. <laughs> and then maybe so, I need to let the poodles in my life go. <laughs> so the next morning, they take the um. The streetcar to meet up with Abner, this little kid who um, he met earlier. And uh, I, the whole time, I thought this kid was her kid. Yeah, or something. they imply that the whole time. He's just a random kid who, who they reveal like his dad is not around because mm-hmm. um, he kind of sees uh, Nelson, Keanu Reeves' character, as his like potential father figure. And they kind of deliver on this later, but this is like the boat race thing. Yes. So they just go, and I think they're at first. I just think they're hanging out again. Mm. This this movie doesn't explain nearly enough, and not all movies have to explain everything. But they say nothing. Yeah, like they just start walking with this kid. I'm like, oh, okay, they're just spending time with some neighborhood kid. That's like nice, I guess, right? Mm. Um, and then they go down to this like harbor area. Yeah, that and looked he, and really at, gross. And then, but then other kids start making fun of Abner. Mm. They don't even know his name because he's like, ignore them, Abner, and they start making fun of the name Abner. Yeah. And I'm like, oh. Oh, that sucks. Like, and then they all bring their boats and all the other kids have like, there's like these remote controlled sailboats. All the other kids have like really nice looking sailboats and his has like a colorful sail and it's like smaller and it's like lopsided. (laughs) And then they go, and then apparently it's like a race? Yeah. We're like, I was like, what? I thought they're just going to go play and spend some quality time with this kid. No, yeah, it's a race. And then he's losing. And then um, Nelson takes it upon himself to hire somebody else to take out the competition with a submarine. Another random guy (laughs) is playing with a remote control submarine. Yeah, with kids around. And he looked a little too old to be around there. (laughs) And then, but he wasn't already playing with it. He just had it ready. And Keanu's like, hey, you want to make a hundred bucks? Yeah, basically. And he's like, sure. Yeah. And then he does it. And it, during the before this scene, like he gets a call from Vince saying that, "Oh, we got the meeting for November seventeenth, so we know exactly what time it is or what date it is right now, because we're like looking forward to the future of November seventeenth. So, a uh, fun fact about that submarine footage: it's actually from the Hunt of Red October. <laughs> So I could tell because so the the submarine has a certain shape like when they show the little thing. Also has like a big antenna when they show the prop because uh-huh. it's like a remote control toy submarine. Right. And then they cut to footage of of a full size submarine yeah. underwater, a different color, a different shape. And I was like, when they showed that, I was like, wait, is this toy submarine loaded with toy torpedoes? <laughs> like, is it gonna literally sink the other ships? Yeah. Uh, and it doesn't. It just like kind of messes with their like yeah. ability to like navigate. Like it like bumps into them and stuff. But I I was like. Is this? I was about to like be really like into it. Yeah. If, this, if this if this thing was just like gonna straight up like shoot, shoot, it yeah, yeah. shoot, like you see these like explosions in the water <laughs> and, and like their little toy sailboats would go down, I'd be like, what? Yeah. Um. So basically, afterwards, he, Abner wins, and then they uh, drop him off, and then Sarah like was like, "That's such a nice thing," because she notices that he paid some guy off to help her him. But um, afterwards, she goes, "But that won't help him." <laughs> In the future. And I was like, wow, what a fucking Debbie Downer. <laughs> like, he did something nice, and she's trying to fix him to be nice, too. It's, like, not calibrating. It's, it's not like being, like, this is another, like, sub-pitch where it's, like, she could be, like, you you wanted to help him, 
but you thought you could just buy his victory with money instead of helping him learn how to like stand up for himself yeah. or just not care what other kids think. Exactly. None of those lessons were said to the kid mm-hmm. and none of those lessons were said to Keanu. Yeah. She was just like, that was nice, but doesn't actually help. And, mm-hmm. he, and he's like, what are you, you're not even giving him, be constructive with your yeah. feedback. Yeah. Like that, that's like such a thematic moment that you could teach with him, right? Like you tried to buy, you tried to do something nice with your money, but maybe you should do something nice with your heart. <laughs> <laughs> That is way better. Um, Release your heart's poodle. <laughs> <laughs> so later that night, they have dinner, and they're talking about Nelson's past. He, like, grew up poor, and, like, his dad was a door-to-door salesman, and he admits that he didn't—he wanted to be a singer. And I was like, oh, Oh, ooh. boy. Some, Reeves. <laughs> someone turned in their first draft. <laughs> 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 like, the reason why he wanted to be a singer was because— his dad was into singers or no, something. Cause, no, remember because because uh, she was like, "Oh, is it? Do you, you want to be a singer so that like you could earn your like dad's respect?" He's like, "No, I want to be a singer because they are like successful." Oh yeah, and it's like, no, what? Yeah, <laughs> what? It was it was a weird explanation. Um, in his household, entertainment was the safe route, and business was the dangerous one. Yeah, well, because it wasn't like business. Like, yeah. that was just like door to door salesman, which I get, right? He's like that means his dad might not be around all the mm-hmm. time, or like they didn't have a lot. But it's like it would make more sense if he did be like a singer to be like because at least my dad paid attention to the singers, mm-hmm. and if I were a singer, then my dad would pay attention to me, and like, and I'd be like, okay, like that at least tracks with like what we're getting. Right. This feels very much like the writers projecting eight different things onto being like. Like singers, I want to be successful, but also my dad wasn't around. But let's not tie those things together. And then also like use it as a way to like tie it back in later in the yeah. movie, um, which we'll get to. And then um, so the next day, um, like also it's also revealed in that dinner that he owns his parents' house and he's left it vacant in San Francisco. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I didn't fully get that because so basically they're like, she's like, why, why don't we go visit it then? And that's why we see it. I assume that it just no one bought that house yeah. and they just walked into this like vacant, like like not unmaintained house. Yeah. Because the house didn't look that good. Like yeah. no one lived there because his parents are gone, right? Mm-hmm. They're passed away. And like he just walks in and like it's not clean and empty. It's just like di- like, like yeah. n- unmaintained. And yeah. I was just like, did... Did they just walk into like an empty like, <laughs> like this lot is now like closed to the public because it's like it's a like, condemned yeah. home or something. <laughs> so the next day, Vince uh, finds Nelson having a meal, like a weird like meal thing with Sarah and Abner, and Vince is like disgusting. He has like a date with him that he can't remember her name, and it's already like the women in this movie aren't even that well written at all and you're gonna make add on top of that layer like they basically lampshade that like oh the writer doesn't know either (laughs) (laughs) and then after he leaves um sarah asks if um if nelson trusts vince if it depends if like his life would depend on it and then like it nelson just goes yeah like, I trust him. He's, like, my best friend or whatever. And that never comes back either. Like, that lesson he could have learned that uh, Vince would double-cross him somehow and take that job without him. Like, it would have been, like, I don't know, something sweeter. Uh, so much of this movie is just, like, potential plot. Not plot threads. Thematic threads. Yeah. Like, this movie sees plot as just things that happen in order, which I think is, like, the worst way to understand how movie stories go. Yeah. Um, this movie has so much potential 
like themes about like buying stuff versus who really matters to you. Um, what like how do you define your self worth? Like all this stuff that mm-hmm. plays with and never actually like deals with. Yeah, it just throws it up there and it's like great. Well, exactly. moving on. Yeah. Well, we move on to like this because the month is going by and they're getting closer because we get these like weird montages of them like walking on the beach and like holding hands and like making love and stuff. And it's just um, at one point they get a free apple from the local Asian lady. <laughs> All right, that was one of the least, uh, uh, <laughs> the least like believable things to me. Like, there's like an uh, independently Asian. I wrote this down in my notes. There's an independently owned like Asian, you know, like a little storefront grocery mm. store, like bodega equivalent. Right, mm-hmm. San Francisco has lots of these. That's not the weird part. Is that he picks an apple. He's about to like pay for it, and she's like, "No, no, no, you take it," and then even offers a second apple. Yeah. And I was like, "No." <laughs> <laughs> Suspension of dis- all those other things, <laughs> fine. Yeah. <laughs> like, that lady might be nice. She might be like, oh, you're like a neighborhood person. Um, Here's like the better apple. Yeah. But also like, she's working, like those small shops working on margin here. Man. Yeah. I don't believe that Charlize Theron has pixie manic dream girls her way into Mrs. Wong's like e- grocery. Yeah. Like enough that she's like, take my apples. You yeah. know, the thing I sell to feed my family. Yeah, exactly. And like, so worse than the Manic Pixie Dream Girls, a Manic Pixie Dream Asian grocer lady <laughs> who has even less uh, self-agency. She's only there to support the, this this couple. Yeah, exactly. And not only that, but she quotes saying, um, you know, it's because it's you're so skinny. And I was like, an apple's not going to help that. Like, it would have been funnier if she, like, invited them to a meal or something and had them eat, like, her cooking a meal for them. It's cutting room floor. <laughs> it's a whole 15-minute scene. So, uh, they, um, I'm gonna, they take a bath together and then Chaz just walks in and, and like, he's like, oh, remember, we have a dinner tonight. And, and he's like, privacy, dude. Do you know it? <laughs> it was that is exactly what he said. <laughs> so we cut to um, at Chaz's home. They show up and find Chaz in drag because Ch- Chaz is gay. This is how we know he's gay is because he's in drag. And like, and then he also has a partner who's in drag. Yeah, and actually, they look pretty good. Like. Yeah, they were pretty. They were a, quite a good like to the early two thousand one. They're very like sparkly dresses. Yeah. Well, one was like a sparkly like top and bottom number. Mm-hmm. The other one is a spark- sparkly dress, um, like knee length a little bit. Yeah. Um, but the whole joke that this is like this also made me the most like relatively uncomfortable with the movie's thematic like like presentations is like the whole joke the whole time is he's like. Keanu looks clearly uncomfortable, and, and, but he's trying to like play it chill, yeah. but like not play it chill the way like modern 2019 Keanu from Always Be My Baby would have been like, this is fine. I support people who do drag. Like he was just like, huh? and they're like, what's wrong? And, and they're egging him on. They're like, what's wrong? What? Why, why are you uncomfortable? Is it because like, uh, I don't know. They're like saying minor details. Like, is it, like the food or is yeah. it like, oh, you don't like, you don't like standing this whole time or whatever. Yeah. And he's just like, uh, no. And I'm like, oh, like, it's like the writers are making in story. They're not making fun of like the 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 people who are in drag or wearing dresses or whatever. Mm-hmm. Um, and also, this is before a time when they even had like I think they would have been aware to be like, what is the difference between someone who is in drag versus someone who is trans? Mm-hmm. But like they don't even deal with that, which is like, all right, I'll let it go because two thousand one. But they're 
but for the audience they're playing as like, isn't it funny that he's so uncomfortable yeah. around these people? Mm-hmm. And not only that, but she doesn't stick up for them either. Yeah. She's like, she could have clocked that, oh, he's uncomfortable. She's like, he's still Chaz. He's still a human being. Though, you know? Although at this point, uh, it's Cherry, right? Oh, Chaz yeah. is going by Cherry in this yes. scene, which is like fine, right? Like, I sure. Yeah. Like, it's just they don't, they don't address it beyond being like, haha, isn't it funny how uncomfortable Keanu is? Yeah. So I, in this dinner scene, this is when we start getting the inkling. This is like an hour and 15 minutes in that she's actually sick. Because she starts like she starts feeling pain and stuff, and then one of the uh, uh, Chaz's partner like offers her like um, Advil or something or yeah. like like something along those lines. Well, then he says something like quinoa, right? Yeah. Like, he's like quinoa. Better take Advil. I'm like, is she allergic to quinoa? Well, yeah, Who, whose stomach is messed up by quinoa? Unless you have an allergy to it or something. <laughs> like what? Um. So. Later on, Nelson's like going through the TV because he finally gets to watch TV. <laughs> then Chaz- oh, because earlier in in, in uh, Sarah's apartment, he tries to use a TV and he's like, "It doesn't work." And she's like, "Of course not. It's just a planter." Yeah, I'm like, <laughs> yes, of course. And this is juxtaposition to the 18 million TVs he has in his own apartment, which yeah. apparently hasn't gone home to at this point. Yeah, so. he hasn't even checked on it. No one's called or anything. The door guy's putting up like pi- pictures of him around the street. <laughs> <laughs> Have you seen this man? Usually carrying a hot dog. so um like he lands on this ad and chaz goes oh this is such a uh lame ad or whatever that's the lycos ad that's the one for the search oh yeah yeah um and then um and then keanu reeves is like no this is the amazing ad or whatever and then he goes and then like chaz starts talking like an ad man and it turns out he's working for the other company that's like a rival to his old com- uh, like uh, Nelson's old company. Because he asked him about the hot dog account. Yeah, too. yeah. He asked him, and he's, um, Chaz is like, "No, it's because Cherry doesn't care about this stuff, so we can't talk about it." And um, again, this knowledge that he finds out doesn't come back. Like I was like, "Oh, this is setting up so that he can work for him." In the future. Right. Like, that's a clear, like, thread to be like, or they can work together. To, yeah. yeah. So if, if even in the Mad Men style, like, even if he doesn't leave advertising or whatever, he just, like, learns how to be, like, do that job in a way that's not gross. Yeah. Right? Exactly. And then, um, nope. so nope. Uh, Sarah picks up their their home phone, which is very odd. I understand that they're very close, but it's, like, very, like, no one said, hey, could you grab that? Yeah. And I guess... Again, 2001, no one, like, only, only D-bags had cell phones, according to this movie. So, like, you pick up someone's phone, maybe out of weird habit. Maybe, yeah. Like, it is a little close. It's not the worst thing. That's, like, answering someone's door yeah. as long as they're, like... So, like, she gets up really upset and then just storms out. And um, the call was actually from her sister, the one that we kind of get the plant from way before from that weird uh, website. And then... Uh, up- uh, like upstairs, like Nelson or downstairs, or no upstairs. She lives upstairs. Um, Nelson asks Sarah about his her sister, and she doesn't she doesn't want to talk about it. She just like pivots to wanting to get naked with him instead. Oh yeah, because earlier he was like, "Why do we have to go to this dinner? Can't we just get naked with each other?" She's like, "No, it's it'll be nice. They invite us to dinner." Yeah. And then later, like yeah, to to avoid this is the closest they also come to like having real conversation because she's like, "Why don't we get naked instead?" She's like, "No, like you're just avoiding it. Yeah. Like answer my question." I'm like. What an act like they're actually responding to like the weirdness of what the other person's doing, yeah, exactly. And then they end up making out like he gives in basically, and then uh, but stop because she's not f- 
feeling well. And so he's like, we can get naked tomorrow. <laughs> <laughs> a real class act he utters. <laughs> um, the next morning, Nelson gets ready for this meeting. And Sarah's like upset. She's like throwing a tantrum on the floor. And I was like, like, you are, what are you doing? Like, if you're going to try to fix him, at least give him the tools to go back into society, try to get a job or something. I don't know. It was just very weird. She is not the equivalent of, like, a nice mechanic shop. She's the equivalent of, like, your friend who's like, ah, fix cars. And then you're like, great. Like, my car just needs, like, a, a, a like an oil change. And can you, like, look at the thing? And they're like, great. And then, like, three weeks later, they're like, I didn't finish it. And you're like... <laughs> You said you could fix it. Like, yeah, I'm not technically liable. For yeah. Your car. <laughs> and then, like, your car's on blocks for some reason and the tires yep, are missing. She left Keanu on blocks with missing tires. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> then, um, so at this meeting, it's like at this sterile restaurant and no warmth to it at all. And uh, Nelson is like calmer. He's like, trying to be like like this professional ad man and stuff and then a waitress like accidentally drops something at the table like spills water yes. onto the oh the, this is like the big thing so he's, he's the so nelson's Edgar, here with right. uh, with uh with vince yes and edgar's his and the whole time edgar's just like um being like big shot generic big shot corporate yes. ad executive he, he he's a big actor too i can't remember uh uh, Fen- uh langella is that uh, we're talking about edgar price here yeah, yeah. yeah that's uh frank langella ah yes yeah. he was frost nixon robot and Fr- he was in the box i think mm-hmm. we did him something with him in it i'm pretty sure he's shown up on all i know podcast. is that he was not in that thing <laughs> yeah <laughs> so like the waitress drops it edgar like is a huge asshole. He, like, basically calls her out for being poor. He basically says, like, everyone has a job that they do, and they do that job because they're good at that thing. And all a waitress has to do is, like, bring food back and forth from the table. And if she can't even do that, then, like, wow, basically. And and then she starts crying. And it's like, wow, that was... It was both mean and trite. Like, yeah. I don't know. Like, yeah. you're, It was, like, both very hurtful and not very creative. No, not at all. And um, so he, uh, Edgar offers them, like, a ton of money. We don't know because it was under a napkin kind of thing. I was like, who are you trying to hide this from? Is there, like, other admin, like, <laughs> propelling from the ceilings, basically? But um, Vince is just, like, taken aback because this is a huge number. And then Nelson... But the whole time Nelson's uh, staring at the waitress crying and yeah. wanting to, like, leave. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And then he... So he declines the offer. And Vince is, like, screaming at Nelson as they're leaving. Yeah, and, the, and Edgar's like, was it not a good enough number? Yeah. Like, and, oh, and I phrased this line because it's the, the correct line for a thing. It's like, um, uh, were you not happy with the offer? Oh, the offer is very great. What I'm not happy about is with you. <laughs> it was, he like gets up to leave. Yeah, I'm like, all right, okay. Yeah. That was not bad. Yeah, not bad. <laughs> it was trite, but like the correct kind of trite. Yeah, yes. Uh, so um, Nelson comes back in a cab as Sarah's walking down the street miserable with like orchid and other flowers. He's like offering it to her. He tells her that he declined the offer. Or like she asks if it was like, like it wasn't enough, right? And then he goes, no, it was the biggest amount of money I've ever seen. And she's like, fine, when do you start? Never. <laughs> <laughs> and Enya plays. Uh, yeah. <laughs> yeah, it was just, uh, it's the most famous Enya song. I can't remember what uh, it is. Uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Um, is that that one? 
I oh, can't. Hey, I, mama, no, it's a. Uh, Is it sail um, away? Woo, woo, like, um. I can't think of it. This right. is now uh, in a world where we try to remember Enya's songs. <laughs> it was not Sail Away. No. Um, so on Thanksgiving Day, like Sarah says that the dog has a home, a new home. So it's those two dogs from like the earlier part of the movie that she stole, she had like adopted out one of them. And then the last one is still at her home. And, but he like Nelson's like clearly in love with this dog. Cause he's like brushing it and like manicuring it and stuff. And he's like, why don't we just keep him? Like, why not? And then um, he asks like her, why hasn't she invited her family to Thanksgiving? And then, um, and she's like, no, I don't want to see them. It's like arguments. It's because they don't like like the way I live my life and stuff. And then after like giving Ernie away, Abner asked Nelson, like outside, Abner asked Nelson to adopt him for Father Sunday. Uh, quick note, uh-huh. the person he gives the dog to uh, in that truck is played by Kelvin Han Yi. Oh. And I think I might have done some tiny indie movie with him at some point. No way. Uh, Kelvin Han Yi. Yes. Um, I'm trying to remember if it was him or not, but like, uh, and if so, I am only one degree removed from this movie. <laughs> Damn. Oh my God. What was we the name of the movie? I don't remember. It was some like USC short, so oh. I, it, oh, may not short. Even, it might not even be like on a thing. Uh, oh my God. The story of Billy the Kid? No. <laughs> Film Lad presents. No, damn it! It might have been Dragon Motel. Mm. Um, okay, so cut that if that's wrong. <laughs> <laughs> so Nelson takes in the neighborhood. He's just like taking um. Keanu, it was like the most Keanu Reeves moment where he's just looking around. This is amazing. He loves his life, and then he realizes something, and he runs back into the house. Sarah's like take like in the bathroom. She's like taking medication, and she's like gasping. And like as soon as she hears him, she. Like she puts everything away and like like um she ha- locks it up, and she sh- like um and then at this point he goes he like asks her if she's there's something wrong or something and then she just shrugs it off and is like no I just ha- I just feel like a headache I stuff. just I feel sad because I miss Ernie yeah 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 says. oh yeah that's right and then after like he she shrugs him off he proposes to her because. He's happy and in love. And I was like, that's a natural thing to do. Like On day 330 of my movie. <laughs> not on day. It's before Thanksgiving still. Yeah. It's yeah. on day 20 or whatever. Yeah. Yeah. Oh, my gosh. Um, so to prove how much he loves her, he tosses his phone into their water. And then um, like this like dish bath thing and then he tosses his uh watch, watch like his last symbols of his life and um the two symbols of <laughs> the height of 2001 excess <laughs> um and then she tells him that she can't be with him because of her and she doesn't go on beyond that and then she's uh she i think she goes into the bathroom and then shuts the door on him and like she starts throwing up and this is when things get real dramatic. And he kicks down the door and like he like like un- like whips open her like pillbox that we never seen before. Yeah, and she's like, "No, don't go in there." And he opens up. It is literally like a wall cabinet with like five or six shelves, all of like pill all of pill bottles like yeah. across. And I'm like, 
And we're like, whoa. Some prop person was like, hey, can you get 300 pill bottles and stack them in this set piece? It was not only, it was like two layers of them too. It wasn't just like, oh, there's a couple but like these pills, but it was like a laughable amount of pills. And I'm pretty sure, I'm like as sick as she is, I don't think she would have that many. All right, not only that, we find out soon after this because he goes down to like Chaz and asks him like, "What's the deal?" Yeah. Or, like, he 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 gets explained, and then they fulfill like, "Oh, like she has like this type of cancer. Uh-huh. It's not Hodgkin's lymphoma, but she's refusing treatment because she didn't like it didn't get better. So she's like, screw it. Let me just try to live the rest of my life.' Uh-huh. Now, story wise, whatever that can like you can play off of that like dramatic, but like sure, like that can be fetal plot. If she is refusing treatment. What are all the pills? Yeah, like like they said that she's basically taking like stuff to just like get through their day, right? Uh-huh. And I'm like, okay, maybe that's some sort of like strong opiate or something, yeah, right? which is not good for you. But like I would like it's just if it was just one giant bottle of like hydrocodone, yeah. I would have been like, oh, that's bad for you. But like I guess if you have yeah. cancer pain, yeah. Also, weed is a thing in 2001 in yeah. San Francisco. She should do more weed. <laughs> <laughs> so I'm. Like, thinking about this now, I'm like, she refused a year ago prior to the storyline. So she, and she doesn't, she doesn't look sickly until now. It, it's funny because Keanu also asked asked Chad, like, wait, she, like, refused a, a thing a year ago? And he's like, yes. Yeah. Like, so she hasn't gone treatment since? He's like, yeah. It's like, well, in that time, he's like, yeah, it's spread everywhere. And I'm like, well, that is probably medically accurate I don't I'm not a doctor but I'm uh-huh. sure a, a cancer going for un, a year untreated after it's already gotten to like a serious stage uh-huh. is probably not great for you no. but yeah up to the like days earlier she was like jumping around yeah. and like playing with dogs and making him go steal things <laughs> like, that's why she does everything she's fucking high oh that could be it <laughs> she's fucking like wasted off like hydrocodone and shit yeah. which is a bad justification in any improv scene yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like I'm actually high, or you're high this whole time. Like, now you just made none of their actions, like, mean anything. <laughs> yes. So, um, afterwards, she she doesn't want to be at the hospital, she, so she asks to be taken home. And then, when she's home, basically, uh, Chaz and his partner take care of her and, like, kicks Keanu Reeves out. And, like, I was like, he fucking loves her. Like, he's actually being a decent person now. You fixed him, and now you're shutting the door and being so cruel. She's in- extremely cruel to him not to, like, mention, oh, I have, I'm sick. Or, like, I, I don't understand why she didn't, like, calculate this in that people fall in lo- would fall in love. Or something. I don't know. It was very cold-hearted, and I hated her after that. <laughs> I hated a cancer patient after that. She made me do it. <laughs> so, um, so, and at this time, while he's kicked out, Abner takes uh, Nelson to the father-son thing, and it was literally he wasn't even at the front of the sh- the classroom. <laughs> it was just Abner describing Nelson, who was sitting among the other students. It was like it wasn't like a father son like activity day. It was like a bring your dad to school day. Yeah, and, and he was just like, well, I don't know where my real dad is, <laughs> so like. Here's Nelson. We yeah. hang out sometimes. Yeah. We hang out very rarely. <laughs> if I was a teacher working at that school, I would have been like, um, your son brought a random man to class. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> uh, do you know who this person is? They say they hang out. Yes. Mm. Yeah. And with a, a, a whimsical lady that isn't his mom. 
very strange. So um, after that, he drops him off, uh, drops Abner off, and then Enya plays. And then Nelson goes off to think, basically. And then, like, as he's thinking, all these flashbacks of, like, Sarah being, like, a manic pixie girl, like, throughout the film, he's, like, thinking about that. I gotta hand it to, like, narratively editing was bad. Whoever's editing these uh, montages, doing a competent job. (laughs) Yes, yes. Um, And then at home, Chaz and Sarah are cooking up Thanksgiving. She confesses that this is actually the first time she, like, actually fell in love with one of the men. And um, she's like wanted to say oh, yeah. yes. She, she like she's still sick, so she like spills sweet potatoes or yeah. something. Mm-hmm. And then she's like sitting on the floor, feeling bad, trying to clean it up. And he's like, he's like, she's like, oh, he proposed to me. And he's like, and Chaz is like, this ever happened before? And she's like, yes, but this is the first time I wanted to say yes. <laughs> so she was um, a serial cruel person. <laughs> like, like to all the men that she brought in, she all was- October and November. <laughs> Not September, though. <laughs> um, and then, so, like, during Thanksgiving dinner, and it was, like, all these random people from the neighborhood, including Abner, who I was like, where's his mom? Like, w- we know his dad's missing. Where's his mom? Oh, maybe she's his mom? And is that's going to be the reveal? Nope. No. Never. He's just hanging around, like, older people. Because at some point, Abner's, like, uh, ask Keanu, like, can you be my dad forever? And Keanu's like, I can't do that, but I'll go to this thing with you. Which is, like, actually kind of a sweet moment. Mm-hmm. Um, but at that point, I'm like, is is his mom? Also, if his mom was Sarah, though, why was he just on the street corner and never inside the home? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> like, so that, I guess that checks out. That, like, yeah. no, he's not, can't, she's not, I mean, I would believe she's that irresponsible. But, like, that just, why wouldn't he just find his way back into that home? Yeah. Um, <laughs> they left their door open for cats and chaz. Yeah. <laughs> and so, and, and, like, during this dinner, Nelson shows up and, like, goes through the window with a huge bag of stuff. And he's, like, screaming, Merry Christmas and stuff. By the way, because they do indeed have a Thanksgiving uh, meal, you're not getting Thanksgiving meal blue-balled. But I, they imply that it's, like, vegan food and yeah. stuff. So you are getting still turkey blue Oh, uh, yes. son of a bitch. Yeah, exactly. So close. So <laughs> close. Tofurky? So, they had a tofurky? You're like a Thanksgiving tease. Yeah. <laughs> um, so he gives her 12 uh, gifts. Each one is part of uh, like their month-long relationship. And the last gift he he gives her is to sing to her at a club full of people. All right. Pacing-wise, though, he gives her like a bunch of gifts that represent like here's like flowers from our first yeah. thing. Here's like this thing representing the first time we met. Here's like the thing representing like the MV time mm-hmm. uh, up through like uh, – oh, and he brings Ernie back, yes. which is really cute. Like – in a better mo- constructed movie, this would have been a really cute payoff, mm-hmm. right? This in a better movie, this is a better payoff than like the card scene yeah. uh, in um, Love Actually. Like to me, oh, I think yeah, yeah, yeah. I think this could have been better if they set it up well. However, he like gives her eleven gifts. He's like, you you've given me so much. He's like, but I have one more. And then they cut to like a scene in a nightclub where he's like in a in a nice suit with white, a bow tie. Like, like it's like a white dress jacket. Yeah, and like black slacks. I was like, wow. And then he's like crooning, um, and he's doing an okay job. Um, but he, uh, you're shaking your head. Now. I just I can't imagine. I just can't imagine Keanu Reeves singing in an actually good way. I yeah, guess. he's very. He's basically like one note all the way. He's yeah. like kind of talk crooning, but it's the crooner style, so that's right. not that weird. Yeah. Not yeah. Bad. 
uh, what's crazy to me is that like that means he's like one more thing. She's like what, and then he's like get dressed. <laughs> <laughs> like she's like I'm still. I just threw like you know I'm like not doing. Well. I was like but what? Like no no no, no. get dressed. We're going to this nightclub. It's 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 in South of Market. Just, just trust me. Just come with me. <laughs> also also I need to go get dressed. So <laughs> yeah. give me some moments. Did he book this gig? Is this a karaoke thing? Well, what's the thing is like, did so, he talk so, to a producer about this? Well, what's funny is like, so so they cut straight to that, right? And oh. again, like in like a high fidelity situation when like Jack Black is singing, like yeah. they built the whole thing that they're gonna do this like big show right. to like promote the record store or whatever, um, and promote the music the musicians of this new label. In this one, it just cut up like he just starts singing, and I'm like, okay, maybe it's just like a little like he he like tips. Like right. a fifty to like the pianist, yeah. to the brass monkey yeah, down yeah. the street or and, whatever. Yeah, and but no, he like finishes and it like comes out and there's like the band is playing and like there's like a whole audience cheering for yeah. him. And I'm like, did he? Is this like a pay to play book where he was like, yeah, look, I promise. Look, here's here's a thousand dollars for a five minute set. Listen, I got this band. It's called Wild Stallions. Okay, <laughs> like my other guy can't make it, but check it. I'm gonna sing some crooner songs. I wish it was that. He's probably like, it's uh, it's Nelson and the Hot Dogs, <laughs> <laughs> and we're hot. So at home, like the whole place is covered in November calendars because um, he's like, our whole time will be November. And then she gives in to his love, and then we cut to a cityscape. Mind you, I feel like if the movie ended with him finishing the crooning song. That would have been good. Yeah, gradient black, black and white, freeze frame, and then credits. Yeah, we don't need to know if she like passed away or anything. They, we just need to know that they ended up together because that's all we wanted. Right. Um, but they don't. Movie continues. It continues, (laughs) and then after that cityscape, it cuts to them having sex, and then it holds on her like her face, like while he's doing it and then it's clear that she's having second thoughts about this relationship or like, she's going through cancer pain yeah <laughs> we can't tell um so the next morning Sarah is frantically like putting on her shoes and stuff and she wants to end their month like early and um he chases after her down the street and Sarah's like telling him no you have to leave get your shit out of my apartment and then um she because the reason why she wants to end it is because she wants him to remember her as a strong and beautiful person and that was her selfish wish in that like she wants him she never wants him to take care of her or something except she wants her neighbors to take care of her basically also this whole time Nelson has cared about no one and your way, way to fix him was to like make him care about someone and now that he cares about someone you're like no also the wrong lesson yeah. he's like what if anything this is going against what she wanted yeah. because now he'll never care for a single person again because the one person he cared for refused it and did and died <laughs> yeah yeah exactly and um and then Nelson like finally lets go, and then she wraps his her scarf around his eyes. A callback, yeah, an actual callback in this movie. Well, something paid off. That's good. Yeah, and then like she walks off, and then she tells him, or like before she walks off, she tells him she loves him, kisses him, and then just leaves. And then and he then, tries to walk after her and trips twice. No, that doesn't happen. But I would have loved that. And then he like walks over, and then he like takes off, and she's gone. And then I was like. And then it cuts to a cityscape more, and that's the end of the film. 
at some point between this scene and like an earlier scene, they actually faded to black. And I was like, good, end of movie. And it came back up. And I was like, what? More? <laughs> <laughs> and I said, uh, after uh, like writing down, that's it. That's bullshit because, like, you were selling us this Manic Pixie Dream Girl and I bought it and you didn't even pay it off after that? No. I'm mad. And, and not even in that Manic Pixie Dream Girl way where, like, he moves on with his life but he's improved from it. Yeah. You're like, nope, just just uh, he fell for her and now she's gone. I was waiting for some girl to be named December to show up. <laughs> <laughs> That's how 500 days. It is. Yes, yeah, yes, okay. yeah, I know. Yeah. I know. Or he go- he tries to fix other people. Yeah. That would have been real stupid, but I would have almost watched that movie. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> okay, let's take a break. In the World Podcast. Have you ever heard of Phalaenopsis Sundariana? It reminded me of you. You got the job, didn't you? Best offer anyone ever made me. So when do you start? We had a little problem agreeing on that. He suggested immediately. I suggested... Never. The World Podcast. And welcome back. Um, And now, at, at this point, Quincy, we do our trailers, and I will go first. In a world where there's a red pill and there's a blue pill, but this time Neo chooses the blue pill and it sucks him into this reality in which he is living as an ad executive that is too obsessed with hot dogs and how they are like phallic objects. And then he meets the girl in a scarf, which is basically the girl in red. And by the end of it, he like falls in love, but then he gets sucked out of the reality because Morpheus shows up. And then he forces down the red pill down his throat because they need Neo for Matrix 4. <laughs> this is Sweet November. Yeah! <laughs> that was a short and sweet one, uh, but... It is your turn, Quincy. From the makers of Mad Men and Love Actually and other rom-coms, Nelson Moss is an ad executive at the top of his game until one year. It's hot dogs! The dogs are hot! I am a hot and a dog! He lost everything. But over the course of the following year, I'm forcing you to take a one whole year ad break. What? You can't do that. I'm the best ad man we've got. Not from what we saw in that office, you're not. He meets Sarah, a person who's going to take more than three days to convince him to be a better person. You're just letting these poodles go? What? You need to let the poodles in your life go. But those dogs aren't hot at all. They're just dogs. (laughs) Maybe other people are just people. They don't have to be hot or give you value or money, Nelson. What? That makes no sense. 
but I have been demonstrating that I've been attracted to you this whole time over the course of the past 180 days. <laughs> A reasonable amount of time. Coming this fall, it's sweet November through November. <laughs> 2001 through 2002. Amazing. We've never had anybody do impersonations on our trailers. Yeah, that was, is, that was a first. That was Good amazing. job, man. That was awesome. Anyways, we've come to the close of our podcast. Do you have anything to plug? Um, I do a show called Asian Americana. Uh, it is a podcast that you can find on Apple Podcasts, Stitcher, uh, Spotify, or any of your favorite podcast apps. It's a show about Asian American culture and history. Um, it's long form, like produced. So uh, I've done stories on how Chinese Americans built the Sacramento Delta. My most recent episode was about um, Claudia Kishi, the Japanese American character from the uh, Babysitters Club books, and how big of an influence she was on folks. Uh -huh. uh, I did an episode about boba slash bubble tea. Um, it's for everyone. If you are Asian American, I feel like you're gonna get a lot of like specific different experiences out of it. If you're not Asian American, you get to have like a better understanding of like these histories and cultures i'm hoping to get an episode out uh, real soon uh and maybe by the time you listen to this an another episode or two will be out mm -hmm. um but that i also produce and edit good muslim bad muslim a monthly podcast from taz ahmed and zara norbosh talk about what it's like to be muslim american women they talk about life and politics and mm -hmm. all that jazz um yeah i do those uh and um you know I i'm around town in la doing improv on occasion um, social media? Uh, yes. Uh, you can find me on Twitter at Quintessence. It's like Quince like the fruit. Tessence like the rest of the word Quintessence. <laughs> that's Q-U-I-N-T-E-S-S-E-N-C-E. -E -E. Once again, that's Q-U-I-N-T-E-S-S-E-N-C-E. -E -E. Awesome. Nice. And you can follow me at MaryHBWin on Twitter and Instagram. You can follow the show on um everything is on our website at innerworldpod.com like subscribe rate review if you really like this episode maybe subscribe we are we have we have more more fun stuff coming up yeah and remember steal your friends phones yes go on the apple uh, app and yes. hit subscribe for in a world pod yes that'll yes. help us out a lot yes um and uh our next week is actually Thanksgiving week. Yes, it is. Is it? Wait, yes, it yeah. is. Mm -hmm. um, and the, we are doing the classic Thanksgiving movie, Jack and Jill. Yeah. <laughs> the other movie she threatened me with. <laughs> <laughs> Anyways, have a good one. Here, here.